for tuning in to the 125th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, wherever you are, however you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Music. Appreciate it. Tuning in live from uh, Murphy, uh, Murphy Hall, John Carroll Boulevard, University of Ohio. So got a great show today. I'm going to have my good friend Silas Garrison on the show. Going to have Super Bowl picks with Silas. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, right? 49ers Chiefs. Also, we're going to talk about Eli Manning. Is he or is he not a Hall of Famer? Me and Silas get into a really contentious argument about that. Also, we're going to talk about Richard Sherman, Darrell Rivas, zone versus man coverage, and much, much more with Silas Garrison coming up in about 10 to 12 minutes. Now, here's where we need to start. See, the world is evolving. Uh, Let's go to about 20 years ago. If you wanted to um, talk to a girl, you want to hit up a girl, right? What did you do 20 years ago? You probably wrote a letter. Or you talk to her face-to-face. Ten years ago, you wanted to hit up a girl. What do you think you did? You went on MySpace. Maybe maybe with the little flip flip phones, right? Maybe you uh, text her on that. Now, 2020, how do you hit up a girl? You can slide slide in her DMs on Instagram. To try to get her Snapchat. There's so many ways. See, technology is evolving. Uh, it's because of shared ideas. You know, there's increased awareness. Uh, 20 years ago, people used to read newspapers every day. People used to read newspapers to know what was going on in the world. Now you want to know? If you want to know what's going on in the world, you know what you want to do? You know what you do? You look at your phone and see what's trending. How did you find out Kobe Bryant passed away? How did you find out? You probably saw it online. 30 years ago? You probably would have seen it the next morning in the front page of your newspaper. 15 years ago, the big thing, radio! Radio is what you need. Oh, my God. Radio, sports talk, radio, political talk, radio, 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 radio. Radio isn't the medium anymore. Most people would rather listen to music and listen to music on their ox cord and jam in the car than listen to radio. I have a friend, Connell. When me and Connell drive back, John Carroll Buffalo, it's about three hours. We haven't listened to radio once. We just listen to music. But you want to know what the medium now is? Podcasting. Audio. Digital. It's quick. Instantaneous. All you need to do is look at your phone and then you can hear what you want to hear. You can see what you want to see. The world's evolving. My grandma, right now, right now, If she had to work again and and go through things right now, she wouldn't be able to survive. You want to know why? Because she hates technology. It annoys her. She doesn't know how to text. And that's fine that she doesn't know how to text because she's retired and she's doing her own thing. But you want to know what? If you're anywhere from 20 to, hell, 20 to still in the workforce probably, you're going to need to know how to text. You're going to need to know how to use a computer, at least functionally. 20 years ago, you didn't. Let's look at the NFL. 10 years ago, who are the best quarterbacks? Like I said, everything's evolving. It's evolution. There's change, shared ideas, uh, increased awareness, new things to be known, new things to be learned. Curiosity, right? Curiosity. 10 years ago, the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Brett Favre, right? What did they all have in common? Prototypical drop-back pocket passers. That's what you had to win. That's what you need to win in the NFL. Now let's go 10 years. 10 years now, right? 2020. We're back in time, right? 
Back to the future. What do you need to win now? You need a quarterback with mobility. Look at the two teams in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes. Great from the pocket, but he can tear you up in the running game too. Jimmy Garoppolo. Solid quarterback. Solid pocket quarterback. But he's very athletic. He can run. He can escape pressure. Who won MVP this year? Lamar Jackson. And you know how Lamar won MVP? Running basically a Piper souped up scheme of Tim Tebow's spread offense, a spread option offense that he ran about a decade ago when the Denver Broncos went to the playoffs. And Lamar did that, took it to a whole nother level, and won MVP of the league. You want to know who won MVP of the league 10 years ago? Tom Brady, the prototypical drop back pocket passer. How different is Tom Brady in 2010 from Lamar Jackson in 2020? Very different. But you want to know what? It works. Quarterbacks in the league now, guys like Deshaun Watson, a Josh Allen. Hell, even look at the draft. Joe Burrows, Tua Tagovailoa. They're all athletic. They all can move. They're not sitting ducks in the pocket. Now, here's why quarterbacks need to be more athletic. NFL defenses are more athletic now. Linebackers, safeties, corners, defensive linemen, all bigger, faster, and stronger. Going to need the quarterback that's Big, fast, and strong and can escape. Offensive lines are worse. Player safeties come involved right with the NFL. Offensive line, it takes a lot of time to gel and get their bearings under them. It takes a lot of chemistry. And you, quite frankly, to be an offensive lineman, you have to get really physical and it takes a lot of stuff that you need in practice. NFL players don't practice really anymore. They said there's no really pads. There's only pads once a week. So offensive line play is not as good. So you're going to need a quarterback that can escape pressure when the offensive line isn't great. And then, the quarterback is more protected than ever. So when the quarterback breaks from the pocket, all they need to do is slide, and you can't hit them. Benefits of a 2020 mobile quarterback. Like I said, you can be the running game. Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens, he is the running game. You don't need to have great receivers. Scramble, scramble, looking, looking. Eventually, somebody's going to get open, then you throw it to them. And you can have a bad offensive line, and you can still be successful on offense. And a dual threat, you know the great thing about being a dual threat instead of just being a pocket passer or a just running quarterback? When you're a dual threat, you can do both. That gives offensive coordinators double the plays they can use, double the creativity. Like I said, 10, 15 years ago, it was MySpace. Everybody's using MySpace. Now, if you talk to somebody now, and you ask them if they use MySpace, they would laugh at you. Like, I use Instagram, bruh. Now, what I also want to talk about, and just by the way, just say it again, Silas Garrison, we're going to have him on about five, uh, four or five minutes, right? Also, when we look at the two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo, Patrick Mahomes, because... The draft is coming up, right? After this game, after the Super Bowl on Sunday, nobody will talk about football. Everybody's going to be talking about the draft, what my team needs. And for the worst teams, for teams that are going to pick at the top of the draft like the Cincinnati Bengals, what are they going to have? A quarterback. What are they going to try to get? A quarterback, right? Quarterback is the king. It is the most coveted position, the most important position in football and really in sports, especially in Ameri North American team sports. But recently, you know, everybody's been saying, Oh my gosh, you need to play your quarterback right away. Baker Mayfield, don't have, not have, don't have Tyrod Taylor play over him. Josh Allen, don't have Nathan Peterman play over him. You need to start right away. There's no point. If you draft them in the first round, they need to play. No, they don't need to play. Look at the two starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo, you want to know how Jimmy Garoppolo started his career? He was the backup to Tom Brady. Didn't play at all his rookie year. You want to know how Patrick Mahomes started his career? He was the backup to Alex Smith. And only started one game, I believe, and that was after the Kansas City Chiefs. It was the last game of the year, and the Kansas City Chiefs have already locked up 
uh, a playoff spot and home field advantage, a home field, uh, a division title. So they were already going in. Let Mahomes play. Mahomes played very well. But Mahomes was a backup that year. You see, starting right away isn't always the best thing. You know who started right away? Andrew Luck. He got the crap kicked out of him. And now he retired and said, no boss. You know who started right away? Cam Newton. What's Cam Newton's biggest criticism? What's the biggest criticism we have of Cam Newton? Never really developed as a pocket passer. Maybe it would have been easier for him to develop his accuracy a little bit more if he was watching from the sideline scene. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. How can I learn? How can I improve? How can I get better? And now Cam Newton's also kind of broken down. He's taken a lot of hits. A lot of hits. Lamar Jackson, like I said, Lamar. Lamar. MVP of the league. He didn't start for about the first half of the season, his rookie year. There is no problem with a rookie quarterback riding the bench for the first year. There is no problem. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He was Brett Favre's backup for years. You want another Hall of Famer? Kurt Warner. Backup to start his career. Hell, the greatest quarterback ever in my opinion. Tom Brady. He was a backup his first year. There is a lot to be learned and a lot to be gained from not starting right away. And sometimes I think people... Fans, GMs, coaches, everybody wants to see the end result now. But you forget, there's a process. Now, cut him next. After the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, I'm going to have Silas Garrison on the show. Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Back in the mail, it's gone. Uh, she like I smell cologne. Yeah, I just had a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want. Good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh. I'm a young CEO, sure. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Silas Garrison with us. How you doing, Silas? Good, good. Very good. Thank you for having me. Now, Silas, you were in New York City uh, last week. How, how was that, Silas? situation uh it was really good um i'm moving down there uh we got some work going on working at the malcolm x Jazz center so me and my girlfriend we're looking at some spots uh some sites that are nice uh, i think we're gonna move to harlem we're gonna be there just closer to work public transportation is very good uh went out went out with some friends caught up with some buddies uh, I, I ended up meeting some of her friends down in New York City, and then we all came together. So it was a pretty good night. It was pretty good night. It was pretty, pretty fun. Oh, uh, I forgot to tell you um, about, about our bet. Uh, for, for the viewers that don't know, um, do, do you mind if I tell them? Yes, yes, you can, Silas. Yeah, so for our, so for our bet, um, I have the Lakers going and winning the championship this year. And if... I'm right on that bet. Daryl has to pay for the plane, and I have to pay for the hotel. If he wins and the Clippers do, it's vice versa. Um, so that bet's still in effect. Um, I hope you're saving up your money for that too. I- I'm saving mine. Uh, 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 I-, I-, I got it. Okay, I got you. <laughs> You got me? Okay. Cool. Well, anyway, by the way, I got two bottles of California. That's what I, that's, that's, that's what I got in New York City. Premium edition. There, there's old premium edition. California champagne. Who would have thought kids from New York going all the way to the West Coast were going to be sipping on champagne? So either way, both of us win. That is true, Sass. And I got a bottle of champagne. I got a bottle of champagne with your name on it. But anyway, yeah, it was good. We got that from New York City, so I got your I got your present uh, for for you when 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 you come back here and when we get ready to go down to California. Oh, I, I wasn't aware of that, Silas. Thank you, Silas. I I appreciate I that. Yeah, this, guys, we just we just talked about that on the podcast. He did not know I was going to say that. So, okay, now Silas, 49ers, Chiefs start off at the bank. Who you got? Uh, Chiefs, and I th- I have them by a pretty good margin too. Uh, 
um, I got them. I got them. Uh, I got them going away with this. I'm gonna say I haven't thought about numbers, but I'm I'm gonna say we're looking at about thirty-five, thirty-five twenty. Chiefs going away. Thirty-five twenty. Really? Um, I don't think they're gonna. Yeah, I don't think that, maybe thirty-seven twenty. Um, I don't see them scoring forty. I definitely see them running away with this one. Um, when you think of quarterbacks, I love Jimmy G. It's complete mismatch. <laughs> Matt Patrick Mahomes is better than everybody else. Um, and his wide receiver core. When you think of the dynamics that they have, they, I mean, you're talking about a team that's been averaging what in the playoffs, like <laughs> you know, close to like forty points a game. Um, it's just going to be tough to beat to beat that team. They're, they're soaring right now, um, and it's nothing that and I really don't think there's anything that they could do. By the way, let's 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 contextualize this. The biggest question mark that the Chiefs have coming into this game is the running game. Would you agree with that? Yes. They stopped Derrick Henry. <laughs> like like they contained Derrick Henry. And you mean to tell me for a Super Bowl you can't contain the 49ers running game? I do not see that happening. Thirty. I'm going to say it. 37-20, Chiefs going away. Now, Silas... You always tell me the, the, the game doesn't reduce the quarterback. You always remind me of that, Silas. So I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. 49ers, they they have weapons too. They have, to me, they have a great offensive line. Their, their, their front four and, and their front seven, particularly their front four, is amazing. They have the best defense in the NFL. So why can't they contain the Chiefs? Because nobody has been able to do so to this point, nor will anybody be able to. Um... If you if 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 we can uh, contextualize this, um, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end. In um, I think Kittle would disagree with you no, on that. Huh? I think Kittle would disagree with you on that. I, I I I and I will say this: that two seasons do not make you great. It's your entire body of work. Um, just because you have a better season than somebody does not make you are better at that particular position. Um, if that be the case, LeBron James will win MVP of the regular season every year. Um, but I digress. When you consider Sammy Watkins, that's a first round pick, Tyree Kill, you think of Hartman, uh, who, who challenges him in speed. Um, you know, the list goes on and on when you when you think of them getting shady back along with um, with Patrick Mahomes, I'm sorry. I just think there are just too many weapons to the point where they will be able to score. Uh now, I don't think they're gonna win on them and just put up fifty which is why I gave him 35. Uh, I just don't see a running game that will be able to keep up with that. Really, that's what that's about, right? I, I don't think I don't think the, the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball as well as the Chiefs are going to be able to throw it. And obviously, when you can throw the ball, like, I mean, if everybody could, throw, like, if everybody could say, okay, you can have the best running attack or the best passing attack, people will pick it all the time. People will pick the pass every time. So... This is one of those games. I have to go with the passing game over the running game. And because I just saw them last year, or just last week, stop Derrick Henry, I have no reason to think that the Chiefs won't come away with this game going away. Now, Silas, uh, here's what I do want to say to you. You know, what's the easiest way to stop the quarterback, Silas? Oh, put hands on him. Who can do that better than the 49ers? I, I will say this. Um, I love the 49ers defense, and I'm glad with what I've been seeing thus far. But I have to also recognize the fact that matter that Patrick Mahomes is also a very mobile, uh, very mobile quarterback. And I have not seen to this point the 49ers stop a kid like Patrick Mahomes with the throwing and running ability that he has. So for that reason, that he's presenting a different dynamic by just being on the field alone. Do you think if Patrick Mahomes wins, wins this Super Bowl, we have to consider him the best quarterback in the world now? If he's not already? Yeah, I think he's already the best quarterback in the world. Um, I don't think the Super Bowl is going to divide that. Um, if he gets outgunned by Jimmy G., uh, nobody sees that happening, but if he has, ends up getting outcome by Jimmy G, I'm not going to say Jimmy G's 
better than him because he lost the game. I'm just gonna say he had a better performance. So I, I would be, you would be hard pressed to find a quarterback better, better than um, Patrick Mahomes right now. Uh, and I don't think the Super Bowl is going to matter in that regard. But it matters towards his legacy for sure. And even if he does lose the Super Bowl, I mean, look, let's face facts. Like 24. <laughs> like, I, 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 I think Kansas is going to be all right. I think they're probably going to end up getting back there at some point. So I would have put too much time. Now, there was a, and I also, I do want to ask you this, right? You mentioned the term mobile quarterback. Uh, I, I think, right, all the time society evolves, right? Like, 40 years ago, uh, how did you head up a girl? You probably wrote her a letter. Now, everybody does it on Instagram. Uh, 40 years ago, you needed a pocket quarterback. Even 20 years ago, you need a pocket quarterback. You need a Tom Brady. Uh, Drew Brees, a Peyton Manning. Now you kind of need a Lamar, a Mahomes, uh, Michael Vick type, that type of speed, that type of athleticism. Uh, even guys like Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo that you wouldn't think are, are Blazers, they can all move. Do you think that the mobile quarterback is the new way for the NFL, or do you think the, that the pocket quarterback is here to stay? Oh, of course, it's, it's hands down. And like the people who visit are just people who are old, sitting on their couch who just can't let go. Like that's all it is. Um, look at all the quarterbacks. In the, in the NFL right now. You know, who wants Deshaun Watson? Everybody. Who wants National Holmes? Everybody. Lamar Jackson? Everybody. Josh Allen? Everybody. You know, like, you, Cam Newton? Like, put that man on the free agent market. He'll be scooped up in five seconds. So I don't have to make an argument for it. The people who they're drafting it makes the argument for me. I don't even have to make the argument. Do you think that and also, this is something also I said in the show earlier. Uh, right now, we're looking at two, because right now, right, the draft is coming up. Everybody's talking about Tua, you know, uh, Joe Burrows. And everybody's always talking about, you need this quarterback to start right away. Uh, but I I'm here and I'm looking at this, right? Both of the quarterbacks that are in the Super Bowl started off their careers as backups. Jimmy Garoppolo was the backup to Tom Brady for years. And Patrick Mahomes, people forget, he backed up Alex Smith for a year. Do you think there is a value and having young quarterbacks sit a year or two or more instead of just having them play right away? Um, yeah, I, I, I guess you can. I mean, I get where you're coming from, and I think that's, that's a good take. I just think it depends on, like, the situation. Like, there are a lot of situations where I would say that it's good to go to the Wolves and see how they do. For example, like, you you gotta remember, you get a Baker Mayfield, right? He played very well. He played very well his rookie year, and he got thrown into the wall. And you can't say he was sitting because it was like that. That looked like a bad idea. Look, you sat him, and if you didn't sit him, he probably was gonna break almost every rookie record available, right? So like, um, it, it, it kind of just depends on the situation, you know. Really, is person ready? And here's the thing. Here's what I've always said: the best player will play it. Garoppolo better than Tom Brady right now? Absolutely. It's not even close. Um, so disrespectful, Tom Brady, is, Tom Brady is lucky to be a top 10 quarterback right now. And I would actually say he's probably a top 15 quarterback. You think he's top 15? Tom Brady? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, which Jimmy, Brady, which Jimmy Garoppolo? Gotta, I don't know. Top, what, maybe top 12? Top 13? So Dude, we gotta let it go. We gotta let it go. We gotta let this go. It's okay. He's forty-one years old. Like he's not gonna be the same player. He had no weapons, Silas. Oh my god. But okay, right? Yeah, you're right. But guess what? The Tom Brady I know. The Tom Brady I know never needed weapons. He made the people around him better. That's what you tell me. That's why he's the go. He made everybody around him better. But now when he's not doing it, and I say you're not the same player that you were, it's crazy for you to think about. How is it crazy? Before you were leading people with Julian Edelman, we used to always say, oh, he has nothing, and he's winning Super Bowls. That's what made you the GOAT. 
and now because you can't do it, and then I and then I and then I acknowledge that you're not like, oh, he doesn't have any players. If, if you're the Tom Brady I know, if you're the goat like I know you are, you don't need him because that's what Tom Brady did. You're not saying Tom Brady because you can't do that anymore. Now, Silas, uh, and this is something a lot of people were talking about, right? Um, about five, seven days ago, the Richard Sherman versus uh, Darrell Rivas beef. And I want to ask you this because you play on the defensive side of the ball uh, and football in particular when you played in both high school and college. Uh, and there are, but you know, Darrell Rivas is like, I'm a man corner. People are saying, Richard Sherman's like, you know, I'm more consistent and I play zone. So I just want to ask you, somebody that plays on the defensive side, and you played all around on defense, Silas, what is more, who's, who's better? Who was better? Richard Sherman or Darrell Rivas? Let's start with that. Who was better? Um... That's so, I mean, that's like, that's like, do you like grass or do you like water? Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I like water. I, for me, for me, I would pick, uh, I would pick Darrell Revis, but that's only because I can, I can start him at JT, I can start him at corner, and I can start him at nickel. Like, you just, that's literally all it is. Like, he's just more mobile. You're never going to see Richard Sherman playing. On a on a you know on a nickel position, that's all. It, it, I wish I could give you more. That's it because they're, they're I mean they're just as good as each other on the outside. They're both aggressive. They can both play off the ball. They can press. But the only difference is if I need somebody to start on the inside, I could start Darrell Weavers too. That's really all. Do you think there's a difference though? Does it make a corner better? Because every Darrell Weavers keeps saying, "I played man. I played man. I was Revis Island." And then Richard Sherman was kind of in his own scheme in Seattle and now San Francisco. Do you think there's a difference between those two schemes? Like one makes you better than the other? Yeah, because it's it's a lot easier to play zone than it is to play man. Um, that, that's it's just true. And when you can lock up a person for three to four seconds and you're a corner, I mean, that's about as, that's about as good as it can get, right? So, I mean, Richard Sherman... He's never been known as a lockdown corner in, in a man coverage. And when you can do man, you can also bring blitzes. Um, and then, really, when you can play press man, that sets up the corner blitz, too, because you've been pre playing press this whole time, and now you start coming in on a blitz. People think that you're about to press. You then end up coming in blitzing. It's just it's very difficult to keep up with. So man creates a different dynamic for a defense. If you can play in a good zone, it's kind of like, well, yeah, but that's what I need you to do. <laughs> no, no, that's true. Uh, now, Silas, here's what I do want to ask, right? So, Deion Sanders, arguably, you, Silas, you have Deion as the greatest corner ever, right? Say it again. Is Deion, Deion the greatest Deion, corner ever? Deion? Yes. Deion Sanders, yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, okay, anyway, Deion Sanders, he came on uh, Undisputed, right? Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. And you know what he said? Hmm. He said, they let in too many people in the Hall of Fame. He said, why are they letting people in the Hall of Fame? I, he's like, I don't get it. And, you know, the topic of one guy's name came on. But first, let me ask you this. Do they let too many people in the Hall of Fame? Uh, well, I will say this. It's not as bad as, like, the NBA Hall of Fame, where it's like all you got to do is be able to eat a cookie <laughs> and go to the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I, I'll say this. I'm, I'm sorry for the politics, guys. I'll say this. I always have seen the Hall of Fame as something that should be able to transcend, like, talent. That's what a Hall of Famer should be, somebody who transcended the game. And I would be hard-pressed to say that everybody who's in the Hall of Fame did that. Um, at the same time, there are a lot of people who aren't in the Hall of Fame right now who should be. So I feel like that's just one of those things where, honestly, just your opinion. Um, there's no right or wrong answer. I, do I agree with that? Yes, I agree with that stance, but I'm not going to fight anybody who disagrees with that one just because that's literally a pick -em. Like, you know, you could say yes, you could say no, and I wouldn't fight you on either. And now the conversation got to this, Silas. Should Eli Manning be a Hall of Famer? Because, Silas, I was arguing with people on Twitter. People told me that I'm crazy, that I don't think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer. Somebody on Twitter told what? me. No, what do you mean? You think he's a Hall of Famer? You think Eli's a Hall of Famer? Dude, he beat the GOAT. Oh, my God. Twice. Twice. Look, you're, you're immortal after that. Don't you get it? You're immortal. 
You brought two championships back to the land after beating the GOAT. You slayed the GOAT. Oh, but look how it happened. It was luck. Okay, if I'm okay, so let me ask you a question. If I'm lucky for beating Tom Brady, what's Tom Brady's excuse for losing? Period. That ends the conversation right there. No, so beat the GOAT. Two times at the big dance. You just said people that transcend the game should be in the Hall of Fame, Silas. Eli didn't transcend the game. But he was the MVP of the games. Oh, my God, Silas. He was the MVP. Silas, the Giants defensive line should have got MVP. They they made it hell for Tom Brady. Stop it. (laughs) That doesn't matter. He won MVP. That's why. Okay, so then then here's what I have to say. Why should MVPs not apply to your resume? It's on his resume. So we have to regard him as an MVP regardless of the situation. So, Silas, you're saying... Listen to me. I can make an argument that Julian Edelman didn't deserve MVP last year, and he did, and I have to call him a Super Bowl MVP. Okay, Silas, hear about this. This is what I'll say. Should you be in the Hall of Fame off of eight games? Say it again? Should you be in the Hall of Fame off of eight games? Off of eight games. Um, If those eight games transcend you, and you end up... Look, here's what I will say. There was a talk about should should Derrick Rose be a Hall of Famer. And you got people saying yes. He didn't win anything. But that's the NBA. You know they let everybody in. Okay, fine. No, but we can't do it like that. If if, if Derrick Rose can get into into the NBA uh, Hall of Fame under any capacity, if that is the case, there's no reason why this man who beat Tom Brady twice and won two MVPs should not be a Hall of Fame. Then why can't they just... Well, Saz, why can't they just do it the baseball way? They only let two people in the Baseball Hall of Fame this year. Oh, well, if you're just talking about that, he'll never get up the Hall of Fame. <laughs> if we start doing that. But no, I, I think they got it. See, you can't do it like that because baseball has like 13 players on the team. Well, the, okay, Saz, here's what I'll say. Baseball has like 50 people. You know, there are... There are... How do, how do I phrase this? Was... To me, to be a Hall of Famer, you have to be one of the best ever at your position. Or one of the best in your era. Was Eli Manning ever a top five quarterback? There was a time where people would make that argument. During his second run at the championship, he was top five. Oh, he my five. God. He's probably five or six. He's probably five or six. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees. Those are five names right there. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there could be an argument that he was better that year than been. Just that year, than Ben Roethlisberger. Philip, was he better than Philip Rivers? See, I've always felt like Philip Rivers was overrated, in my opinion. So is it? But what? Okay, here's. At least he has a ring. He doesn't have a ring. Who is Philip Rivers? Who the? Wait, who are you? You don't even got anything. Don't don't put a Philip Rivers to me. That man doesn't have anything but a player. That's disrespectful for them to be in the same conversation. So you're saying, Sides, all you need to do is is play re- eight really good games so you can get in the Hall of Fame. That's I, half a football season, so, Silas. You, you sound so bitter. <laughs> you should have let everybody in the Hall of Fame. They they tried to kick T.O. out. Not everybody beat Tom Brady. Not everybody beat Tom Brady in the Hall in, 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 uh Not everybody beat Tom Brady who's in the Hall of Fame. Not everybody wins the, wins the Super Bowl MVP over Tom Brady. Nick Foles did. This is true. So then what does that say about Tom Brady, though? Well, then maybe Tom Brady's not the goal, but regardless... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's your argument? Silas, Silas, what's the question, Silas? But, okay, we can argue about that another time. But regardless, Tom Brady's still in the hall. Tom Brady still has a place in canon. No, no matter what we talk about. Eli does... Eli was never one of the best quarterbacks of his era. He is. Okay, how about this? Throw all the arguments out. Eli's going to be a Hall of Famer and you got to eat it. How about that one? He is going to, but that doesn't mean he should be. Yes, he should, Daryl. Why are you. See, give this man his flowers. We were just talking about this, Silas. Jerry West shouldn't be the logo, but he is the logo. Okay, but I don't feel like Eli Manning doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. This man transcended two MVP, two uh two games. <laughs> okay. Not really two games. I was no, I wasn't gonna say two games. He put together probably the two best playoffs in 
our, really in our generation. Okay, what about Joe Flacco? You're the Ravens one. Joe Flacco was amazing. That was one time. Did he do it twice? Oh, okay, Silas. So two super. So, so when you're saying Silas, he did it twice. He did it twice. Silas, so what you're he, a fluke. How can it be a fluke and you win both times? And by the way, everybody knows that the defense is what dragged them there. Silas. They scored 17 points and 21 points in both Super Bowls. They, it's not like he lit it up. <laughs> okay. It's well, not like he lit it up. He played well, but it's not like he. It's not like Nick Foles. Nick Foles actually outgunned Tom Brady. He actually outgunned Tom Brady. What really happened was the Giants pass rush, Michael Strahan, OCU Menorah, and Justin Tuck and all of them put hats on Brady. That's what really happened. Are you done? Is that not what happened, Silas? Is that not what happened? No, it is, but, but, that, but none of that has to do with Spectre Man why Eli Manning shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. This man won two rings. And he was the MVP for those two rings. That's Hall of Fame status. Silas, I can't... I, I, I'm at a loss for words, Silas. I, I, I'm, I'm, tru- I'm truly at a loss for words that you could say this. Off of right, well, Silas, they made they made T.O. wait for three years. Eli's going to get it on the first ballot. Don't tell me that's not effed up. No, he's not going to get it on the first ballot. Everybody is saying he is. He might, Silas. Eli might. And, okay, if Eli Manning's a first ballot Hall of Famer, I disagree. But if he is a Hall of Famer at some point with some branches, then yes, he deserves it. Listen, Shannon Sharp was a third ballot Hall of Famer. Chris Carter was like a sixth ballot Hall of Famer. You know how many greats have had to wait? I'm telling you, Eli Manning, what do you want me to say? Eli Manning should not be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay, is Julian Edelman going to be a Hall of Famer? What do you want me to say? Is Julian Edelman going to... Carol Owens should not have to wait. Carol Owens should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. There is a lot of implicit bias that went into that. Do you want me to bring up race? Do you really want me to go there? Let's not go there, Silas. Let's no, not. Don't, well, don't make me. Don't make me really. Get I don't. Want, I don't want Silas to get on a, on a tangent. I don't want. But all I'm saying is they're playing favorites too, and that's why Eli's going to get in. Now, since you mentioned T.O., let's talk about T.O. And it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Donovan McNabb and T.O. had a little bit of a public spat. Donovan said that T.O.'s kind of destroyed their team chemistry, and is the reason they didn't get back to the Super Bowl, which kind of goes into the theory of what a lot of. Pundits and writers and media personalities have said about T.O. like he was team obliterator, obliterator. He destroyed teams. Uh, that's why he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. That was really the knock on T.O. Do you think whose side are you on on the Donovan and Nab T.O. Um, argument? Uh, yeah, these yes, um, definitely, definitely Terrell Owens because Terrell Owens let it go. Um, and I will say this, Terrell Owens. It goes Jerry Rice, and then it's like everybody else. But then you got to put either Randy Moss or Terrell Owens. That sounds like some first battle Hall of Fame stuff right there. And really, the way it, the way it came across, I could be wrong, but the way it came across to me, out of the map, just sounded very petty. It sounded very petty and very selfish. And for you to say that you buried the hatchet and then bring it up during Super Bowl weekend, I thought, or during Super Bowl week rather. I thought it was very immature, and it was very unclassy. Do you think that there is credence that T.O. did tear apart teams, though? Because that's what Donovan McNabb said, and Donovan McNabb was a leader on that team. I don't want to hear any of that. This man is a grown I've, I've always said this. this is, I get on people in high school for that. I get on people in middle school for that. You guys are being paid millions of dollars to do your job. Do your job. Don't tell me that another grown man is... Is uh, avoiding from you, or is your voice from you doing your job? I don't want to hear that. I've never gotten along with that. The same thing with Antonio Brown. If Antonio Brown is being Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown will be fired. But that should never impact how you come to work and do your job on a day to day. No, I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me that one man had the ability to completely obliterate 45 other men. What type of man are you? <laughs> what type of man who's raised right? Says that this man affected the way in which I did my work in my business. You don't deserve to call yourself a man if that's how you feel. Silas, I think you're trying to say something about Donovan, but you don't want to say it publicly. Yeah, I'll, I'll, whoa, <laughs> I'll, I'll, wait a minute. I'll say anything publicly. Let me be very clear. He sounds like a kitty cat. 
tells her the little baby who's mad that he's not in the Hall of Fame and Terrell Owens is. He's mad because the media takes his side, but even in him taking his side, you're mad because you're even the Hall of Fame and you're not. And you know what makes him more sick about it? He knows that he deserves it. That's the part that hurts. You can't even say, so do you think he's in the Hall of Fame? No, I don't think they No, deep down you know he is. And deep down you know you're not. And deep down you know that Terrell Owens made you better. You didn't make Donovan better. Let, or you, you know deep down Terrell Owens made you better. You didn't make Terrell Owens better. Let's be clear. There was a reason why they wanted they had to they had to move off of Jerry Ray, Jerry Rice out of his prime and bring in Terrell Owens and then it was Terrell Owens' team. There's a reason why every single place that Terrell Owens went, he was the best player when he got there. So let's contextualize this. Donovan McNabb was never the player that Terrell Owens was. Nor will he ever be. Nor will he ever be remembered the way Terrell Owens. And if he wasn't a and if he was a team of obliterator like people say he was, then why'd you bring him in? You know what he was because you were willing to overlook it. But then as soon as y'all don't win as soon as y'all don't win the Lombardi, then you guys want to come back and say, well, then it's your fault. See, you praise me when we're winning, and I'm the detriment when I'm losing. But it doesn't fit. Well, uh, let me tell you this, because th apparently this was T.O.'s gripe. T.O.'s gripe was that uh, Brian Westbrook, the running back at the time, was one of the best all-purpose running backs in the NFL at the time. Uh, he, it, it was time, it was up for both their contracts and he endorsed Brian Westbrook and didn't say anything about T.O. And I guess Donald McNabb always told people, I don't get involved in a uh, contract disputes. I don't support anybody. I just let that be between you guys. But then he finally got involved with Brian Westbrook and that's what kind of pissed T.O. off. How can I say this? Um, nobody cares about Brian Westbrook. <laughs> nobody has brought up we don't we we didn't, we haven't heard anything from Donovan McNabb. Who is Donovan McNabb? We don't even know who that is anymore. The only reason why Donovan McNabb was relevant was because Terrell Owens was on the team. And as soon as Terrell Owens moved on, nobody heard anything from Donovan McNabb. I forgot he played football. I told look the only reason why I remember I remember Donovan McNabb for two reasons: Terrell Owens and he had pretty cool cornrows. That's it. This man was irrelevant. Now, Silas, and that's what I do want to ask you, because you mentioned Tion, and you kind of mentioned Antonio Brown a little bit. Antonio Brown's also been going through his whole, whole ordeal, and it's uh, been kind of getting worse and worse and worse. And I remember, Silas, and I don't have the audio, but about a year ago, at this time, probably about 10 months ago, you said, Ben Roethlisberger is the problem. Are you finally willing to turn around and say, really, it was Antonio Brown who was the problem in Pittsburgh? Um... No, I'm not willing to turn around and say that primarily because I didn't see either of them play. Uh, I know all I can all I can look at is what happened on the court, and on the court it was clear that Antonio Brown was better than Ben Roethlisberger at his position. And as far as I'm concerned, we don't really know what was happening in the locker room. All I know is that if I had to pick at this time. Ben Roethlisberger or Antonio Brown, everybody would pick Antonio Brown. <coughs> I let's be let's be clear too. Nobody ever said that Antonio Brown was this great person. I was only guys. I'm only talking from a football perspective. Don't worry about the locker room again. Like I said, don't tell me that Antonio Brown, a grown man, is compensating the way that you can play football as another grown man. I don't want to hear that. I'm talking about on the court. Or excuse me. In this case, on the football field. Silas, this guy literally called Mike Mayock a cracker and left the field. <laughs> what did I just say? I said on the football field. On the field. It's on the field. Silas, okay, you want a guy like that in your receiver room? I'm serious. How can I say this? How can I say this? If I can have Antonio Brown right now, I take him. Oh right my now. God! You'd want Antonio Brown in Buffalo? Today. Oh, oh my God, Tyler. Okay. He would be the highest paid player on the team. You want him? He's better than everyone else. You want him being around a young team? Don't do this to me. We needed a receiver. That's why we lost. He's cuckoo, Silas. He's not right. I'm sorry, Silas. He's not right, and he has a lot of issues. I don't want him on the team. I want. A, B, what part don't you get? 
Silas, you want a guy, no, Silas, no, you want a guy who's at the meeting room, doesn't listen to the coach because he's checking his bank account. Let me come talk to him. Bring Antonio back. You know, I'm about to open up this this, uh, California champagne for him. Let me go talk to him. No, yeah, me and him go out for a drink. I'll explain it to him. Be like, look, we need you. Look, Antonio Brown is the person that you got to suck up to him. He had a rough childhood. He needs to hear that people love him. You got to do that. And if that means that I can bring a chick back here, that's what I'll do. Do you realize that the Bills are literally one receiver away from having the best receiving core in the NFL? We are one receiver away. Antonio Brown, John Brown. He would corrupt the team, Silas. He would corrupt the team. I just had an idea. If we get Antonio Brown and we get John Brown, we call them the Brown Brothers. We got Cole Beasley. We got a we got a Brown Oreo. I'm a genius. Silas, he has no discipline. He has no discipline, Silas. He has no discipline. Who, dude? Look, if AB says I'm going to be open on this slant route, then you throw him the slant route. And if, if he's, AB says, look, I, dude, shit, I can't coach. Because I'll be telling y'all right now, whatever AB says, <laughs> never mind, I'm not going to say this. Silas, you, let me tell you a story that they said in Pittsburgh. You want to know what happened? There was a team uh, rule. No music in the locker room. So you know what Anthony a- Antonio Brown does? He, start, he blasts the music. Ben Roethlisberger comes up. He's like, it's a team rule. No music in the locker room. He turns up the volume despite Ben Roethlisberger and he basically calls, and he calls Ben Roethlisberger a cracker, and basically tells him to get the, you know what, out of his face. Interesting. You want a dude like that in your locker room? I want to win football games. Well, Pittsburgh didn't make the playoffs last year. He was there. Okay, thank you. Because of one, and that was all AB's fault, right? That's all his fault. He didn't help the situation. He didn't help the situation. That's all his fault. I'm surprised at you, Silas. I'm a little disappointed. I'm not sticking up for the guy. I'm saying I need him on a... Look, look. You guys make millions of dollars. Get the man the help he needs and then put him on the football team. You don't want the... <laughs> it's not... Silas, it's not that easy. Millions. Billions of dollars. Find, find the... Oh, my God. I'm telling you right now. I would find the best counselor. I'd be like, look, you are assigned to Antonio Brown. He, he clearly, I guess, doesn't like white people. <laughs> I guess that's evident. Well, he said. Well, he said no white women, 2020. Did you hear that, Silas? My God, Daryl, I'm trying to tell you how to bring AB here. Okay, okay, okay. Say it, Silas. Keep it. You get an amazing. You get an absolutely amazing uh, person who's a counselor to work with him, talk to him for every game, so that way that person can, you know. Cuddle him, coddle him, tell him everything's going to be all right. And then what do you do? You put him out there on the field. You let him work his magic. Every time he makes a ball, every time he catches something. Great job, A.B. Great job. Beautiful job, A.B. That's what he needs to hear. And then he's going to keep on balling out for you. I'm telling you, that's what you need to do. Get him the help that he needs and then bring him there. That's all you got to do. And you, for, for, and for a league that makes billions of dollars, I'm surprised that you can't get one person for help. Okay, Silas. Silas. Oh, I know. I know. I have a lot of respect on this podcast. <laughs> Silas. Okay. Tell me your favorite Super Bowl. Uh, you don't want AB. You don't want AB. No, you I don't. I don't. Dude, you can have AB. That's you can have. You can have That's AB. I, oh, what? You're, you're just gonna keep John Brown? Huh? Yes. Yes. AB oh, couldn't yeah. survive in Buffalo. You think Sean McDermott wants to deal with this BS? Do hire me. I, I keep on telling you. Hire me. I'll, me and AB gonna be all right. Sean McDermott's a wrestler, Silas. You know, you know what type of cloth he's cut from. You know what type of cloth he's cut from. AB's not about that type of discipline. He's not about that type of structure. Right, I get it. Bring me in. I can help. I'm a very good. I'm good at talking to people. Y'all see this on this podcast all the time. I'm good at talking to people. Good at persuading them. Me and AB can be I talk to them. Okay, now Silas, tell me your favorite Super Bowl memory. Uh, uh, it 
was the uh it was a while ago. I think it was the what was the year right before the Packers won with Aaron Rodgers? What was that year? That was the Colts Saints Super Bowl. Colts Saints, yep, and that was when that was after Hurricane Katrina, right? I think was when was her wasn't Hurricane Katrina when was oh eight was a Hurricane Katrina oh eight that was probably yeah somewhere in there yeah Hurricane Katrina yeah Hurricane Katrina happened and then uh and then uh and obviously uh Saints ended up winning like the same year or maybe the year after and I had fallen asleep on my papa's lap that was the coolest memory that I had the whole family was over and I could I don't remember anything with the game. I just remember there was an interception and like the same player was running in the opposite direction and he was just like, he had his hand up and he was just like, I'm going to win the Super Bowl. And I remember falling asleep on my papa's lap and there was like a hundred people in our house and everybody was getting ready to leave and my papa didn't get up. He was, people were just coming up to him when he was sitting on the couch, dapping people up like, all right, I'll see you guys later because he didn't want to wake me up. And he ended up falling, and we ended up, he ended up falling asleep too. And we woke up, and it was time to go to school. Like, we both just stayed there watching TV the whole night. That was the coolest Super Bowl memory I ever had. Silas, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you guys. Uh, enjoy your Super Bowl parties. Be safe, and God bless you. Oh, wait, I forgot. Silas, what are your Super Bowl plans? Tell, tell us what you're doing. Oh, for Super Bowl? Oh, by the way, yeah, God bless you guys. Um... Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things uh, to talk about too. Uh, look, um, obviously there's been you know some some lost tragedies and uh, you know especially with irresponsibilities and typically you see this during uh, during Super Bowl weekends. Um, so you know everybody make sure that you know that do your due diligence. Uh, definitely stay safe. God bless. We all want you right back here listening to this. Uh, you know about Shot Sports Talk, um, and then go out have fun. Like I said, man, just live, love, life, and all it comes around once a year. As for me, um, I think my I I think my family's going to uh, my aunt's house. I think my aunt's hosting the Super Bowl party this year. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to attend. I'm a little bit under the weather right now. Currently, I have um, have a fever that I'm trying to kick, um, but I might be attending there. Um, if I don't attend there, I'll probably just turn it on here. My girlfriend's probably going to come over and we'll just end up watching it. Um, yeah, she hates football, <laughs> so she'll probably cook something for me and we'll end up having our conversation and just enjoy the game. Okay, thank you, Silas. All right, thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me, girl. Silas, and kind of next, after the break, on Barbershop Sports Talk, I'm going to give some of my favorite Super Bowl memories over the years. Coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Let's begin now. You know, today, I just woke up and I like said, this. No, instead of waiting on a good day, waiting around. Oh, we're back with Bobby Jones Sports Talk. And once again, I want to thank Silas Garrison for coming on the show. I always appreciate when my brother, my man Silas, comes on. And I didn't realize Silas has some uh, champagne on the line. Uh, and actually, I've been thinking about getting a job because uh, that flight to LA is going to be very expensive. So you want to know what? I'm going to have to get a job. Because I, like, I, I was like, I hope you've been saving your money. And I was like, ah. So, <laughs> but hopefully I'm not paying for the flight in the hotel. Uh, I'm just sipping on the champagne in there for the experience. But you want to know what? We made an agreement. So I'm going to have to work, right? That, that's what's going to have to happen. Now, here's what I want to do. Uh, I'm just going to give some Super Bowl memories, right? I'm going to talk about every place I was uh, since I've been watching football. And that started in seventh grade. Uh, it was the Packers-Steelers Super Bowl. I can remember I was with uh I was I was in my mom's room. I just got done playing Madden the whole day Sunday. That's when I really started getting into Madden Eleven with Drew Brees on the cover. Uh, ended up watching that game with my mom in her room. Uh, Aaron Rodgers lit up the Steelers. Eighth grade, a little bit more foggy. I do remember I was in the living room watching the Patriots versus the Giants. 
Uh, that's about all I remember. I remember keep going from the kitchen to the living room, like back and forth, back and forth. Ninth grade, 49ers versus the Ravens. I can remember this one. We went over to my uh, cousin Kevin's house, right? Cousin Kevin, having a great time at cousin Kevin's. I went with my mom, my dad, and my uh, little brother, John. I believe my grandma was there as well. And watched the Super Bowl downstairs, uh, from downstairs to upstairs. Really great game. I, I do remember I fell asleep at one point during that night. Then I ended up kind of waking up, and I believe the Super Bowl was kind of already decided. No, I think I might have fell asleep during the um, power outage because during the 49ers uh, Ravens, there was a power outage. Now, 10th grade, the Denver Broncos versus the Seattle Seahawks. Now, we, me, my mom, my dad, and my brother, and my grandma, we went to Cousin Kevin's again. And this time, and the food at Cousin Kevin's was great. I remember I had a time. And that's actually probably why I fell asleep in ninth grade. Because uh, when you eat a lot of food, you get a little groggy, you get a little tired, a little weary-eyed, and you go to sleep. But 10th grade, Broncos versus Seahawks. I remember watching the first five minutes of the game. Uh, there was a safety, I believe, or it was a touchdown. Something very bad happened with the Denver Broncos record-setting offense. It was, a blow, it was a blowout. I remember looking on Twitter and seeing Stephen A. Smith yelling, they're frauds, they're frauds, and like seeing what Skip Bale's stake was, and like, damn. And then I just hung out and talked to everybody the rest of the night. Now, 11th grade, Patriots versus Seahawks. It's downstairs. Um, used to be my little uh, place where I'd play video games, watch TV, really for the all my life, really, from about maybe fourth to like until I was a senior in high school. And then my dad hijacked it recently and it became his man cave. But before that, it was my area. And what happened was the whole family came down. I think it's where the bigger TV was. We all went down. We got Olive Garden and we watched Patriots Seahawks. And I'll never forget, they don't hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch on the goal line. And my dad's like, what? And my mom's like, they're going to talk about that for a long time after Malcolm Butler got the interception. Now, 12th grade, Broncos versus Panthers. I remember everybody being gone. My mom's upstairs. My brother's in the living room not watching sports because he doesn't really like sports. And my dad's gone hanging out with his friends. I'm just watching football downstairs by myself alone. That's what I remember from that Super Bowl. Now, freshman year in college, and I've talked about this uh, many times, sitting with my roommate, uh, Dom Devine. Uh, Dom's on his computer. I'm just watching the game, taking notes. And... Like I, and I said this many times, Patriots. They're down. It looks like they're getting obliterated. Lady Gaga was in the Super Bowl, and then Tom Brady uh, ushers the greatest quarterback uh, quarterback comeback I have ever seen, and that's when I decided to pay deference and respect to Tom Brady, and I made a personal amendment to never doubt him. And the Patriots win. I was like, Tom Brady's the goat. Sophomore year, Eagles versus Patriots. My TV. And the dorm room I was living did not have CBS. And I believe the Super Bowl was on CBS or was on NBC. I forget. It was. Either, it might have been on NBC, but I didn't have NBC. Just wanted to kind of be alone. Not around a lot of people. Not around a lot of distractions. So I ended up watching it on a stream on my computer. And last year, 11th grade, we had a huge Super Bowl party in my uh, dorm room. Uh, I had like a little quad with all my roommates. We invited like 20 people over. It was packed. It was a snooze fest because uh, it was like 13 to 3, Rams, Patriots, Patriots win, uh, New England's sixth uh, Super Bowl. Now, 12, uh, senior year of college, what will I be doing for the Super Bowl? What will I be doing on Sunday? I do not know. I know I'm watching it. I don't know if I'm going to a party. I don't know if I'm watching it by myself. I don't know if I'm watching the common room. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know I will be watching it. Now, quickly, before we end the show, here's what I do want to say. So... Didn't make a formal prediction. I think I'm good. And I'm going to say this. I want the 49ers to win. But I think the Chiefs are going to win. I have a feeling. Patrick Mahomes, quite frankly, is the best player in the NFL at this moment in time. But, and here's the reason. Even though I'm, I'm going hard versus sad, but here's what decides. Here's the split. And here's why I'm going to say this. On the record. I kind of have a feeling about the 49ers, actually. I, I kind of have a feeling. This kind of reminds me, remember? Greatest show on turf. Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Tori Holt, Marshall Falk, Mike Martz in this extraordinary offense versus Tom Brady, the kid nobody knows about, and Bill Belichick, some young coach. 
and with a great New England defense. And what happened? New England shut them down. Tom Brady won. I think the same thing might happen. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, greatest show on turf, kind of. Tyree Kill, McCall Harbin, Sammy Watkins. They got burners. They got speed. But the 49ers, they have Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner. They have a Richard Sherman. They have a great defense. The 49ers play a great defensive game. And Jimmy Garoppolo makes the plays in the fourth quarter to win. That is my prediction. And that's what we're going for. I will see you all on Monday. But, as always, thank you everybody for listening to this episode, the 125th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Seriously.